Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo liberties here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bravo Papers podcast. We are covering Bravo Weekly News this episode. And as always, before we start, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give it the little five stars. You can you can give it five stars once every 24 hours. Help keep my rating up. You can also rate me five stars on Spotify or, you know, whatever other podcast platform you're using. Give me that good stuff. All right. You can also share, share, share on your Instagram story, on Twitter, on threads, on whatever you're using. Please share or the old school way, you know, tell someone, you know, by pigeon carrier, Morse code, whatever. Um, text them, tell them in person if you still see people face to face. Just whatever you can do, I appreciate it. Please know that. You can, if you share me on your Instagram story, tag me at Bravo and Botox and at the Bravo Papers or one or the other. I'll share it to my Instagram story, give it all the love. And please do follow my podcast Instagram at the Bravo Papers because I will post any updates on the podcast as they come. Um, also, one more thing, please follow my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Bravo Papers. I need more subscribers. I'm begging you. And it's a great way to listen. You know, there's no ads. It's free. It's, you know, you don't get those YouTube ads because I'm too small for that. But (laughs) so help me get bigger. So maybe I'll have the option to make some money. All right. So let's get into it. It is Monday, July 24th, and I am here to bring you your Bravo breaking news from the past week. So we have to start with probably the biggest story of the week or one of the biggest stories of the week. And that story is Graham Duvall. I don't think that's really caught on and that people are actually calling it Graham Duvall, but I'm going to call it that because I saw someone say it and I thought it was kind of funny. So if you don't know what this is, it is the controversy over Graham the puppy, who was Raquel Levis from Vanderpump Rules, who was her puppy. First, it was her and James's puppy, but I guess more hers. It seems like she was the one that wanted it, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, they had the puppy together, but then they broke up. And as sometimes happens, one of them took over primary custody of the puppy, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, So Raquel had the puppy. And as we saw on the most recent season, something happened with the dog where he got injured. You know, Raquel said that he was like digging under a fence. I think that was what she said. And then he got stuck and then he was like, you know, he had like an infection under his ear or whatever happened and he was scratching at it. Now, there were a lot of people online who were sort of like hypothesizing or like trying to find a conspiracy to try and say that it was actually a dog bite or that maybe he had a fight with another dog. And people were sort of questioning her as a responsible dog owner. The other thing was that, you know, there was kind of scuttlebutt on the street about her not being, or sorry, um, Graham not being well-trained. And then that was confirmed by Ariana, who later said, uh, I think it was in her podcast interview with Call Her Daddy, um, Ariana mentioned that the dog was aggressive and had bitten before and that, you know, they all kind of hated the dog. So anyways, that was sort of the the wrap-up of that. However, you know, recently... I I didn't really take that seriously when people were kind of accusing Raquel of stuff because I was like, listen, I know we all hate Raquel and that she slept with Sandoval, but 
to me, that doesn't necessarily translate into, into bad dog owner. I, I could. Two things can coexist, of course. But, you know, I was like, I feel like people are stretching a little bit. And I think most people felt that way. It didn't really gain any traction on social media for the most part. Um, now, that being said, everything happened. Raquel ended up, you know, in rehabilitation or therapy or whatever it was that she was in. And she asked her family to take care of Graham. So this is allegedly what happened. Basically, the end of the story, because I'm going to kind of go backwards, is that Graham is now in the custody of James. James did not seem impressed with her ability to care for Graham last season. We saw him kind of upset at her because she didn't get Graham checked out fast enough by the vet when he had that injury. And that was when he kind of said that now semi-famous confessional line about dumb and stupid but you know he seemed annoyed and she also wouldn't let him sort of share custody the way that Katie and uh Tom Schwartz were doing with their dogs so you know there was some you know and then she kind of had comments about that and people were like well who are you to say you don't let James see Graham so right so She's been in this mental health facility, and this is what we know now. We know that James announced that Graham was back with him now, full-time and permanently, and that he supposedly found out from a mutual friend that she was trying to re-home him, and that he ended up with the dog. So... You know, people were kind of like, what? You know, and there was a lot of speculation. Like, how how did this happen? Because, you know, it seemed like Raquel didn't want James to have even visitation with the dog. Like, it didn't seem like she wanted him to have any sort of shared custody agreement about Graham. Now, then it came out recently that she actually gave Graham to a shelter and you can guess how the internet has responded to that, which is not good. Um, so it came out that she gave him to a shelter and that somehow he ended up not at the shelter, but back with James. Okay, so that was kind of the story. Now, slowly we have been able to piece this story together more. So here's what happened allegedly, according to Raquel's family who... I mean, if her family's anything like her, they don't like telling the truth. So Raquel, according to Raquel's mom, when Raquel went away to this mental health facility, she asked her family to take care of him. However, Graham bit her mom, quote unquote, to the bone, according to TMZ. And her mom... I guess went, this is all according to Raquel's mom, okay? I'm just recounting the story. Um, Her mom says that she, you know, showed the injury to a doctor. It was really bad. It got infected, blah, blah, blah. I saw the picture on Instagram. I meant to post it on my story and then I shared the wrong post. So I'm sorry, everyone, because I had a bunch of DMs and people were like, there's no picture of the finger. (laughs) It is out there if you want to find it. I would recommend against it because it's really gross. And I'm like, I like never want to think about it again, but now I can't unsee it. Um, I'm also like really squeamish about that kind of stuff. So maybe I'm not the best person. But anyways, she, so she had this really bad bite. The doctor, they say the doctor recommended they euthanize the dog. Um, so they decided that they were going to give him to this like doodle rescue. Okay. However, the dog, I guess, ended up in a shelter, which then ended up with LVP. So Lisa Vanderpump apparently got wind of this dog being in the shelter through her Vanderpump Dogs, whatever, foundation, rescued him from the shelter and returned him to James. Okay. Now, Sheena did a live, an Amazon live, and she told her version of these events. So Sheena says that they were filming in Tahoe and that LVP like 
arrived out of nowhere and she was like and she looked like an angel like she gave it this whole spin <laughs> so it's like you know lvp came gliding in like an angel holding Graham. <laughs> like it's really like a story and that she rescued him and like handed him over to james and it was like you know everyone cried and it was like this amazing moment right and even sandoval was there anyways so so yeah so james is happy he's got the dog um he has renamed it Hippie, which I guess was his late godfather, George Michael's dog's name. And James made a post about how Hippie and George Michael are in heaven together, but he's renamed Graham Hippie as sort of a tribute. Now, I mean, I I don't really think he needed to rename the dog. I mean, maybe that just kind of speaks to how poorly trained the dog was, like, I wouldn't put it past Raquel that this dog maybe didn't even know its own name because of her. Who knows? I mean, like, would we, are we, I just, I look at her and she's like the last person I would trust to be responsible for a pet. Like, I don't know if I'd trust her like with a toaster. I don't know. Anyways, so she has, does not have the dog anymore and she's obviously getting some harsh criticism so her mom is really trying to you know spin the story and try to kind of justify what happened you know saying that she had nerve damage the doctor suggested it I'm gonna read her statement but if there's one thing that I know it's that I don't think there's any walking back when it comes to this I guess we're going to kind of see how it plays out. I mean, Raquel is going to need like the, if she didn't already, she is going to need the greatest PR team that ever lived. Like forget crisis PR. We need like double crisis PR. So according to the article, uh, Raquel Levis and her mom, Laura, did everything they could for dog Graham Cracker. Um, I'm just giving you the important parts. Okay, so here's the quote from Laura. Rachel put Graham into behavior classes after breaking up with James because he had bitten several people. When Rachel went into the mental health facility, she asked us to care for Graham as we have many times before. While caring for him, he bit me to the bone, causing severe damage. I saw two doctors for the wound that suggested he be euthanized, which we absolutely declined and sought out the best rehabilitation center, California Doodle Rescue, that gave him a trainer with over 40 years experience. After discussing with Rachel, we made the tough decision to drive Graham on May 20th to California Doodle Rescue so that he wasn't alone and delivered him directly to the trainer's home with a tearful goodbye. I highly doubt it was tearful after she got that nerve damage, but anyways. <laughs> I mean, maybe, who knows? So she continues, while with the trainer, Graham both Graham bit both her and her husband. They still worked with him more to get him to a place where he could be adopted. He was placed with a new owner as, and was returned within three days after also biting her. The rescue then reached out to Lisa Vanderpump for financial assistance to hire a different trainer. Lisa offered to adopt Graham. And he was picked up by Vanderpump Dogs Rescue on July 13th. California Doodle Rescue was told that Vanderpump Dogs would either rehabilitate him and place him in a good home, or he can live on her property until his dying day. My daughter nor I ever dumped Graham and want nothing but the best for him. Okay, so do I think that LVP is going to take in this dog that even trainers at a rescue who are rehabilitating dogs with 40 years experience can't? No, I don't. Especially now that she has a grandkid crawling around. Now, that being said, I, you know, the story sounds somewhat believable. However, people have found something on the California Doodle Rescue's um, website that seems to somewhat contradict this, okay? So, hang on, I gotta find it here, everyone. I believe that 
really what it says to just give you a gist while I pull up my Instagram saved post is that they don't take dogs with a history of biting. Okay. California Doodle Rescue. We know this is from them directly. We know how difficult it is to surrender your doodle. If you need to speak with someone about how we go about finding the right home for him slash her, you can reach out to Suzanne and then it has the number. We cannot, and it has cannot in caps, accept doodles with a history of extreme anxiety, aggression, or biting. I mean, and that her statement says that he bit multiple times. So, and that he was suggested to be euthanized by two doctors. And that the trainers at the doodle place said he bit both her and her husband, but they still worked with him. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's not looking good in terms of truth-telling. But, I mean, listen, I said this before. I said it on my Raquel episode. I've said it on other episodes Raquel has shown us who she is so many times and people just don't want to believe it. People just want to be like, well, she's not really a liar. Sandoval manipulated her. She's not really a bad person. She just, you know, got lost and she just has mental health and codependency and she has this and this. The amount of excuses that this pretty girl has received that I think a lot of it is just because she's, like, pretty and has a sweet demeanor. It's insanity to me. Like, if this was Katie who had done this, <laughs> like, Katie and Katie's mom, no one would be giving them the benefit of the doubt for anything. Now, that being said, she's not really being given the benefit of the doubt because, the for the most part, the online community is, you know, not impressed by this. But I have had a few people DM me defending her. Um, now, I don't know. I'm not like a an expert on dog rescues and rehabilitation of dogs. You know, I do have a friend who's a dog trainer. He trained with like the police for years and he's like trained some celebrity dogs and, um, you know, he's had some really bad bites like on his arm from like a, you know, and he has rehabilitated some really some dogs with really bad histories. So I do know that that's possible um, and that, you know, they can be brought back and helped. I know that's possible, especially by these really experienced, you know, talented patient people. So I don't know, like it's, again, but are there some dogs that can't be rehabilitated? I don't know. Maybe there are. I have no idea. So I'm sure people who know more about this, would have more experience. So I don't want to speak too much on it because I'm not an expert in any way on that. I'm only an expert on Bravo gossip. Okay, guys. Um, what I do know, though, is that the story's not adding up. So we're going to have to kind of wait and see. I'll be very interested to see how this plays out on the new season and what James has to say. Now, do I think James is like the most reliable narrator and that I trust everything he says? No, but I want to kind of see like how it plays out what James is going to do differently to train the dog. You know, is he going to have the dog working with a trainer this season and will they have success? Like, you know, this could be something that'll play out. I certainly hope this is not the storyline of the season. We're going to need other storylines, everyone. We don't need like Lucy, Lucy Apple Juicy part two here, but you know, I'm okay with it being like a smaller storyline and a, and a little part of the show. So we'll see what happens. I did also have some people, like I had a couple people in my DMs kind of getting pissy about, you know, oh, well, of course she didn't want to give the dog back to her abusive ex, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. We don't really get to use that. And by we, I mean Raquel, because she's she's down with hanging out with James. She's down with filming with him. He, during filming, was trying to avoid her and film less with her. And she spent the whole season in every scene, like, going up to him and starting conversations and initiating conversations and telling him she's worried about him and she wants to give advice to Allie and she's getting all involved in his relationship and business. So, like, you don't get to cry, like, I'm, 
you know, I'm intimidated and I don't want to be around my ex, but then I'm also constantly trying to be around him. It's, it doesn't work in this scenario. Okay. Now I understand that she's trying to get paid and get a paycheck, but she could have done that without those scenes with James. There are other ways for her to get filming time, as we saw. <laughs> so that this will be a to be continued type of story. I have a strong feeling there are going to be more updates. Now, in other Vanderpump Rules news, the cast has reunited. They are filming in Tahoe. Uh, Katie and Ariana are not. They've stayed behind, you know, doing some filming with something about her. And however, Sandoval is present in Tahoe and people are mad at Sheena because so Sheena took a picture with some fans and Sandoval. Um, people are or were slash are absolutely ripping her apart on social media for this. Like, how can you film with him? Um, you know, oh, is all forgiven that quickly or, you know, look what she'll do for a paycheck, like just on and on. I personally did not think that this was a big deal. I'm just telling you my honest initial reaction, which was, yeah, this is her job. And that doesn't mean they're friends or that she's forgiven him. It just means that they were at the same event. They had a call time for filming. She has to go. Now, I understand people were like, well, why would you take a picture and your arm is like kind of around him? Now, she says that that's just she was just standing with her good side, he happened to be next to her. Um, so she responded, I'm going to play it. Instagram story rant or not. Don't ask me. You know I love a good Instagram story rant. Especially just, in the bed. I don't know why I feel the need to defend taking a photo with my hand like this in the back of someone. People are so stupid. It, like, still blows my mind that people, like, don't realize we're filming a show. And it was that girl's birthday. Like, what, are we going to be like, Adele? Absolutely not. Like, no, happy birthday. Let's take a fucking picture. It's called adulting. We're in a group. We're all here. We hopped in a photo. You know what? I happened to be standing where I was standing. It's called Rules. Have you guys watched it before? Take photos with strangers every fucking day. That's how you take a photo. You're just... I stand like that. And you smile. You smile. Okay, so you get the gist. So pretty much, you know, Sheena's trying to say, yeah, I just had, that was just where my position was. It was a fan. It was their birthday. We stopped. We took the picture. We were trying to be nice. What are we supposed to say? Like, no, we're not going to take a picture with you because Sandoval's here. So, I mean, that was kind of my thinking. I also just thought, like, they're filming for the show. Yeah, he's around in the vicinity while they're filming. That doesn't mean they're besties and, you know, they're getting along and everything's amazing. Like, let, uh, do we not all work with people that we can't stand, that we have to be around and in close proximity with? I, I do. So, anyways, so, you know, that's part of being an adult as Sheena says, which she's kind of right. So her and Lala, that was an Instagram um, video with her and Lala. They responded. And then Ariana also jumped in to defend her to kind of, you know, get people off Sheena's back. And she said um, in her Instagram story, Sheena is an amazing friend who took a photo with a fan for their birthday. There's been so many mean comments towards her for it. And she was just doing something nice. We always try to stop for photos, and when the whole cast is present, it's common for the whole cast to be in the photo, regardless of what is going on between any of us at the time. That makes sense to me. So I think let's just lay that one to rest. Um, in other Vanderpump Rules news, Ariana is in Fiji filming for her Love Island cameo. So if you didn't know, she's going to be on Love Island. I think it's like a guest hosting type of gig where it's just for like an episode or two. I don't know exactly, but, you know, she's still getting those opportunities and I'm glad and I hope she keeps taking them because, you know, they're not going to last forever. And we know that things can change in reality TV world in an instant. Okay, so... 
Let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills slash a little bit of Roni um, because this kind of touches on both. Many of you may have seen how Andy was asked, um, you know, who the hottest house husband is and who he could hook up Bryn with. So Bryn being one of the new Real Housewives of New York, who I'm obsessed with, by the way. Anyways, so he was like, oh, you know, who's, and he like kind of calls to someone. He's like, who's the hottest um, house husband now? And he's like, Mauricio, Mauricio, you know, I could, I could hook up Bryn with Mauricio, something like that. And people are like, oh my God, because, you know, that's going to piss off Kyle. He's strongly implying that Kyle is separated from Mauricio. And he's also trying to hook him up with like this new hot, young housewife. Um, now, Andy later was like, it was a joke. You guys take everything too seriously, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he kind of like responded. And I think he kind of apologized to Kyle on his uh, radio Andy show and all that. But I mean, are we still doing the reason I wanted this story on today's episode is because are we still doing Mauricio's the hottest house husband? Because he is not. I have to take issue with that. I wouldn't even put him in my top five. Okay. First of all, there is Gertie's husband from Real Housewives of Miami. I can't even remember his name right now, but who cares? But he's like so hot. So let's start with that. And then there's, oh, what's his name? Um, Sonia Richards Ross husband on Real Housewives of Atlanta. He is also really hot. So we have a lot of new guys and Mauricio's old news. I also did not love the way that he acted last season. So he's lost a lot of points in my book. I was never like that into Mauricio, but I could understand the appeal. But now I'm like, between the more that we've learned about his personality and the way he acted with the whole Garcelle's son situation and everything, I don't see how anyone is into this guy. He just comes off as slimy to me. And I think he probably cheats. Guys, I need to stop for a second here to tell you about a new podcast that I am loving right now. Little Miss Recap with Amy Archer. If you love scripted TV as much as you love reality TV like I do, you're going to love Little Miss Recap. Amy covers so many great shows, including In Just Like That, The Bear, and also some of the documentaries that I might be watching and not telling people about, like Shiny Happy People, etc., And she's going to be covering the new season of Sister Wives. She even did a breakdown of the new trailer. It's so fun to listen to. Amy has like friends on and guest hosts every episode. So it's kind of like sitting in on a convo with your girlfriends about your favorite shows. And who doesn't want to do that? I am all in on hate watching and just like that. (laughs) And having Amy's recaps after I watch the episodes is very helpful in sorting out my feelings and reactions to this very odd show. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. I definitely recommend. Okay, so another um, Beverly Hills adjacent story is, and I say adjacent because Lisa Rinna is no longer on the show, but she was at you know, some kind of interview panel thing. And she was asked about the bot, the whole bot gate thing, which I also talked about in last week's episode. And basically what she said is that, you know, go to Diana's Instagram. She's done this whole thing. Go see it on her social media. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and that Diana has Diana Lip Licker, if you can't remember um, who I'm talking about. Jenkins. She has discovered who it was, and it wasn't bots. It was a man who lived in Concord, California. And she's like, yeah. So, you know, Diana said I could share that with you. I can't say, you know, what his name is, but I can I can share that with you, you know, in her very Lisa Rinna way. Do I believe it? No. Could it be true? Yes. But, you know, uh, anything could happen. So you never know. Could somebody who habitually lies all the time tell the truth once in a while? Yeah, they could. Do I believe her personally? No. Um, And if it is true, you know, it's, 
I'm, I would need serious evidence to believe it. And I think everyone would because why are we going to like this is Diana's investigation that she's paid for. So she doesn't want herself to come out as guilty. So why would we trust her results? Like I, if there's going to be an investigation, it needs to either be by the victim, which is Garcelle's son and their family, or it needs to be by a neutral third party, not by the accused. That would be like if the serial killer is like, let me investigate who did it. Guess what, guys? It wasn't me. It was this other unnamed person in Concord, California. <laughs> like, it's just so stupid. Okay. Um, and then something that I literally just saw on Instagram when I was about to start recording and I had to add this in, okay, is that Kyle Richards has addressed why she was uh, seen not wearing her wedding ring. I have so many questions, though. Okay, so let me tell you what she says first. Basically, she says she took it off because she has been, you know, lifting weights, hashtag I'm not on Ozempic, and she's... You know, she said it bends or it gets whatever while she's lifting the weights. I mean, what kind of cheap ass ring is this that it's bending while she's lifting weights? I mean, I've exercised and stuff with my ring on and I'm sure hers is nicer than mine. But anyways, whatever. That's besides the point. She said it hurts. So that's fair. That I can believe. I don't know why she went on this whole thing about it bending or something. It just made no sense. Um, then she said something about like she was in a rush. I think she had to go bring Portia to school, whatever. She forgot to put it back on and she was photographed without it on by a paparazzi. So then she says, and this is what really annoyed me. Then she said, this is what is going to cause the suspicions on the show. So I'm assuming she means the suspicions from Garcelle and Sutton because Garcelle is the only one who has mentioned having suspicions from the cast when she was on Watch What Happens Live last week. So she's already, first of all, spoiler alert, she's already spoiling one of the storylines for the season, which whatever, that's not that big of a deal. But second of all, she's already covering her ass. Like she's already setting it up so that when those episodes air and we're all like, ooh, it's, there is some suspicions. Look, Arcel and Sutton are saying things. She already has a built-in excuse, right? So she's already like, okay, guys, just so you know, remember when I explained on my Instagram story back in July about the weights and then taking Portia to school? Like, it's very annoying. She's spoiling the season. She's debunking any kind of storyline for her and her castmates, which is even more annoying. It's like, she's like the fun police, in some ways. <laughs> it's like she cannot deal with any sort of storyline revolving around her family. She is fine to air out everybody else's dirt, to uh, nag everyone else about, you got to be honest, you got to be open, like all that. But no one can question her. And then she even said at the end, and I wrote down this quote, it's weird having millions of people knowing when you're going through a hard time in your marriage. What? You have been on a reality show for like, what, 12 years, 13 years? So the fact, and she's right, actually, it is weird because she hasn't had to do this. What's actually weird is that it's weird for her. She should not have been able to make it 13 years without ever sharing any private or anything about her marriage with us and she never has and that just shows kind of how fake she's been this whole time and that also just proves my point and everyone else's that her and the fox force five are constantly protecting protecting each other the only way some things come out about them is if an outsider out of their little group brings it up or if it's just too big to completely ignore like the girardi keys thing so, yeah, very annoying. Kyle. So goodbye, Kyle. Um, I really hope that, you know, despite her saying this, that, you know, we do see some good stuff this season. 
Okay. I really do. Cause I'm starting to lose hope. Honestly, guys, I'm really losing hope. Okay. So I just want to give you also a quick breakdown about Jill Zarin on Bethany's podcast. Now I'm putting out a bonus episode this week where I do like over an hour of discussing Bethany versus Bravo and the whole like her trying to organize a union. And I can't believe that sentence just came out of my mouth. I have a lot of thoughts on it as a, I am a union worker and I've grown up in a family with people in unions and I know a lot about it. So I was, I had a lot to say and a lot of opinions on this matter. And I'm very much skeptical of Bethany's intentions and whether she's even going to follow through with any of this or whether she's just bored and she's going to get bored of this and move on to the next thing in a week, which I do think is what's going to happen. So listen to that. Um, I break down everything that has led up to this moment, why she's doing this, everything that happened, what I think started her on this, you know, sort of tirade, how Jill is involved, all the significant things and insignificant things that she said on social media, including things Uh, about Andy, things with Jill. Um, You know, I've gathered up a lot of stuff. So make sure you listen to that bonus episode. I think it's a really good one. I hope. And let me know what you think after you listen. But I do just want to go over just like three or four key things that her and Jill talked about that don't have to do with that whole like union thing. So just a little bit of tea that Jill spilled while she was on it. So she said, Kelly Ben Simone was offered more than her to do legacy, which I, that's surprising, but also not surprising. It's not surprising because Kelly is the wild card of the crew, like the most wild card. And people are like, is this going to be Scary Island part two? Like everyone is just salivating over the idea of Kelly Ben Simone on a vacation with these women again and is it going to be a repeat of what happened before or a new version of it so I can maybe see it I wouldn't think it would be a significant amount more but who knows um she says Jill says if Bravo wanted her to do legacy the offer would have been there I completely agree with Jill. I don't think they really cared that much about doing Legacy. I think it was too much money. It was a headache. They had the new cast. They were happy with that. And they were happy to just wash their hands of the old New York. And they were also happy to have an excuse not to do it. Like, you know, when you make plans and then you actually get to them and you're like, ugh. And then the other person cancels and you're like, ugh, best day ever. Like, I feel like that was Bravo with Jill. Um, she wasn't asked to be a part of the Roni girls trip. Uh, she says it was out of spite for declining the legacy offer. And she says she had FOMO. So, I mean, am I surprised she had FOMO? No. Jill likes to try and say she's not thirsty, but she is. Um, and also it's like, with the thing with Jill is that this is what makes this whole thing with her suddenly like, talking about the funeral with Bobby and and Bravo not having permission. This is what makes it hard to believe because she does kind of come off so thirsty. So I think that's why people question her sometimes. I go into that way more on the bonus episode. So if you're interested in that, it'll be up there. Okay, so um, a little update on the Real Housewives of Potomac fight, a very small one that kind of came like the day after I recorded which is that Deborah, who is uh, Ashley's friend, who Candace said looked like a Muppet, in case you don't know who I'm talking about, she put up this post, um, and it's extremely, extremely cringe, but I'm going to read you what it says. Okay, so it says, Hey, little Debbies. Okay. Know that I see you all, but most importantly, love you all with a heart, like a hands making a heart. She did that in create mode in her stories. I like, oh, my God. Okay, first of all, does she even have fans? 
And then she's got a name for them? Like, does she... She's not even on the show. It's very... (laughs) It just shows why she threw the drink at Candace, why she's doing the most, and that she really is at fault for this whole thing. Okay? All right. In Real Housewives of Atlanta news, um, we have sort of some sad news, but disappointing at the least, I guess, which is that Nini's son was arrested for felony possession of fentanyl. And he allegedly told police he was his younger brother, Brent, which is sad too. Um, So he was taken into custody earlier this month. Police allegedly found drugs on him. Um, He was arrested for possession of fentanyl and... In the arrest warrant, which I guess happened at around 1 a.m. in Georgia, um, he was hit with a misdemeanor loitering prowling charge. Okay. Anyways, um, they, you know, it also said he was evading police, claiming he knew the people that lived at the residence, which apparently he didn't. Um, He told the officers that he was his younger brother, Brent Leakes, uh, who Nini had with Greg, her late husband, Greg. Um, so the first few filings actually have Brent's name on them. Um, his bond was set at $5,900 and he was released and they added a charge of kind of giving a false name, address, or birth date to a law enforcement officer. Um, now it appears according to jail records that he was rearrested and is currently behind bars. So that is not good. And to blame his younger brother, I think that's the part that's kind of the toughest. But, you know, I really sucks for Nini, sucks for the whole family. I mean, I wonder if maybe he has an addiction problem Um, because, you know, addiction does make people do things that they wouldn't normally do. And it does make people do things that they know are wrong and that, you know, that they would never normally think of doing, including maybe using your younger brother's name, whatever. So I guess we'll see what happens from here on. Hopefully if it is an addiction, he can get the help that he needs. So, all right, let's talk about, oh yeah, one more thing I forgot about Real Housewives of Potomac. I can't believe I forgot to add this. Chris Samuels, Monique's ex-husband or separated ex-husband, whatever, was photographed eating with Charisse at, <laughs> like, a patio. That, I mean, so people are like, Charisse was never a real friend of Monique and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, boo-hoo, cry me a river, because I can't stand Monique, so I don't really care. But I'm like, wow. Sides are being taken, and clearly Charisse is not afraid to show it. <laughs> I mean, listen... I wouldn't mind Cherise coming back as a friend if we could hear a little bit about the divorce and stuff, but I guess we'll see. Okay, so on to New Jersey. Um, This is not really like a big piece of news, but I wanted to talk about it because it kind of speaks to something else, which is that allegedly or supposedly, I guess not allegedly, but I guess this happened, um, Dina is no longer following Teresa, or maybe it's vice versa, or maybe it's both. But either way, people are like, again, doing their sleuthing as they do with New Jersey. And some people are making this like a really big deal. Do I think it means something? Yes. I don't live in that world where a social media unfollow or follow means nothing. It does mean something. When we like people and we're friends with them, we follow them. Sometimes we might not follow like a coworker because we just forgot or whatever. That does happen, but this isn't that. Now, in this case, there are always these people kind of trying to make it out that it's about like Louis and Dina's guy not getting along or something like that. This is what I sort of have some issue with. There's been a lot of Teresa and Dolores hanging out. Because I'm getting the impression that Louie and Polly get along and they seem like they're having fun and they have like a group or whatever. And I've always kind of thought and had my suspicions that 
we all know Dina and Dolores can't stand each other. We all know that. That's common knowledge if you watch New Jersey. I have always thought that Teresa has been in the middle and has not has tried to navigate being in the middle, has maybe not always done the best job of it. But I also have always thought that she sort of maybe likes Dina better and Dina is a actual authentic friend and maybe likes Dolores, but like more just as like a coworker and they're like friends. But like, I don't think they ever had the same connection that Teresa and Dina did. But I think the fact that Dolores is on the show has always kind of forced Teresa to have to be closer to Dolores than maybe she would have been if they weren't on the show. Like, if they weren't on the show, I don't know. Like, I think they'd be acquaintances and all that, but I don't think they'd be, like, besties like Teresa was with Dina. So I actually think that the back and forths with Teresa and Dina, I think, are always because of Dolores and Caroline. Now, Teresa hates Caroline, too, so that probably bonds Dina and Teresa. But then on the other side... Teresa and Dolores filmed the show together, right? So, and I have always thought that, and I think most people would agree with me if you watch the show carefully, that Dolores is not a fan of Melissa. (laughs) She's pretty good at staying neutral, but, you know, especially in the earlier seasons when Dolores comes on, like, it is so clear she's not a fan of Melissa. But either way, you know, they have other bonds. So I think there's kind of like this push-pull. And that's why I think the friendship is always going up and down and up and down. And weddings, what they do, no matter who you're marrying, they bring out these kind of problems. Because then it's time to join everyone together. All the people that you've kept separate, that it's been easy to keep separate, have suddenly need to be morphed together. That's not an easy thing to do. Okay, so they all need to be put together and it's hard to navigate that. And then you have someone like Dina who it's not just a I don't like her. It's she's like super close with Caroline who wrote this letter to defend my ex-husband who came and beat me and my current husband up, which is a pretty screwed up situation. Right. That's like beyond So I can see, like, Dina, also, like, it's not, like, a linear thing. Like, I don't see Dina being, like, you're either friends with her or me, end of story. But I can see Dina being, like, you seem to be getting closer and closer with Dolores. You seem to be not defending me when this comes up or whatever. Like, I could see there being ups and downs, and that's why their friendship has maybe faded. I can also see that... Teresa might hang out with Dolores more if Polly and Louie really like each other, which I don't think that's anyone's fault or a bad thing that happens. Like if your men get along, you hang out more or whatever. But I could see that maybe bothering Dina and maybe she just distances herself. That could be another thing. I don't know. Anyways, so I just wanted to kind of bring some light to that because I think people maybe try to add things to that story that I think, you know, of course, anything could be true. I don't know. But overall, I do think that it is just a complicated friendship dynamic and circle because of everything with Caroline, Dolores, Dina. Like, that is a complicated situation. I mean, it could also be because Teresa is more friends with Jacqueline again. I... I don't know what Dina and Jacqueline's status is, but I don't think it's good. I got to look into that. I'll get back to you. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about today is really sad. I'm sorry to end on something sad, but I I should have maybe put more thought into the order, which is that Quad from Married to Medicine's, I guess, great niece. So Quad is her great aunt, um, died in a drowning accident in a pool at Quad's home. So she's three years old, you know, sending all our thoughts and love and all that to Quad and her family. That is devastating. I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine. The the reports that I've read so far, they don't know if Quad was home. Like there may have been, her family may have been using the pool without her there. We don't know yet. 
Um, but basically the report to the police was that two people who were there saw what they thought was a doll in the pool and they ran over, realized it was her and, you know, they brought her to emergency or whatever, but they couldn't resuscitate her. So just a reminder, make sure you have a million eyes on your kids around the pool and that they're wearing life jackets and all that kind of stuff or floaties if they're not like amazing swimmers already because you know all it takes is like especially when there's a lot of people around everyone kind of assumes someone else is watching right and then you know people get distracted they start having conversations whatever and you know everyone's like oh well there's these people are over there and those people are over there and the kids are over there. So, you know, everyone thinks it wouldn't happen to them, but it could. So just be extra careful and all the love to Quad and her family. And I hope they're okay. Uh, all right. So I'm sorry to end on such a sad note, but please do check out my bonus episode. Um, please rate, review and subscribe. Like I said, I am sorry that this episode was a day late. It's just like, it's summer, you know, in summer you do stuff on the weekend. <laughs> in summer, I actually leave the house and have a life. And I sometimes go to like my family's cottage and, you know, we don't have Wi-Fi and it's hard. I can't get the recording done. So, so my apologies. I'm try, try again. All right. Hope everyone enjoys their last week of July. Enjoy that nice weather. I know that in some parts there are some serious heat waves happening, so wishing you all the air conditioning and cool downs possible. Until next time, you are in the know for everything Bravo. Bye! Thanks for listening, everyone. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bravo and Botox. And if you'd like to support me and the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can also visit buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and Botox to send your love through some much needed caffeine. Until next time and our next Bravo paper, bye.